0: are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Here, we talked about last week was engage, and uh, I brought to your attention engaging as a community so we can welcome others into community, and that will be our theme for 2023. In his book, The Difference Maker, Nelson Searcy captivated the essence of how we were actually created by God to engage with one another through fellowship. How many weddings have you been invited to over the years? Oh, many. How many graduations, birthday parties, baby showers, housewarming parties? How many times have you been asked by a friend or family member to grab dinner or go to a movie? Do you ever get invited to dance recitals of friends, children's, uh, dance recitals or soccer games, cookouts or pool parties on hot summer days, Christmas get-togethers, New Year's Eve celebrations. You and I live in a culture that swaps invitations freely. We make great efforts to engage with people that are significant to us. Over the course of a year, you probably receive Thousands of invitations, if not millions. (laughs) I'm just trying to get you to buy into this, okay? (laughs) Given this reality, it's good that invitations are often positive and they're flattering. Whether it's for a significant life event or just out for an ice cream, an invitation means that somebody thinks enough of you and wants to engage with you so they can enjoy doing time together in fellowship. That's what they want, fellowship. They want to spend time with you and share an experience. An invitation places instant value on your presence and speaks to your esteem. And whether or not you want to engage in what you have been invited to, I bet you're usually happy that you've been thought of, right? I know I have been. Patrick, I'm I'm waiting for that lunch date, okay? (laughs) Step up, buddy. Well, that's our vision for 2023, to engage others as we invite them to experience fellowshipping together through Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do. Engaging as a community so we can welcome others into community. And last week, I started with an acronym for ENGAGE. I wanted to break down the word ENGAGE and discuss with you how do we do this? What is this about? How, How does that include you and me? And we talked last week, we only got to the first letter. I think we got to E, ENCOURAGE. And then we got so encouraging, we forgot that there was the rest of the word. And so we want to continue that today. So we have ENCOURAGE for the first a part of engage and for the end we have new and John 13 34 35 says a new commandment I give you love one another as I've loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another and I think Jesus is a genius he shares something that would actually change the world It wasn't just about that community of believers. It wasn't just about one or two or three of them that got along really well. But he's saying, I'm going to broaden your vision. I'm going to enhance your vision. I'm going to allow you to have impact, influence, and make a difference worldwide. This one commandment, if you practice it, can transform a community and transform people's lives one at a time. And Jesus understood that. We all have a need for genuine community. And nothing beats frequency, availability, and spontaneity of connecting deeply with one another. And this new commandment becomes a reality when we choose to have this lifestyle of connecting, this lifestyle of open relationship and communication and welcoming one another into each each other's lives. A lifestyle of conversation and relationship rather than busyness and accumulation of stuff. What will it be for you? A lifestyle of connecting relationships or a lifestyle of busyness and accumulation of stuff? It's about making room for life and choosing to befriend those God has placed around us. And we need practical ways to reach into the lives of those who are all around us. And I love Jesus because he's actually dealing with an attitude with his disciples when he's actually speaking about this. Because this is actually cushioned between Peter saying, don't wash my feet. I don't need you to serve me. Then Jesus tells him, one of you is going to betray me in the same chapter. Then he goes uh, to Peter, and Peter's like, no, 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 I'm going to die for you. He said, you're not going to die for me, you're going to deny me. So in the midst of this, uh, those happenings, Jesus doesn't allow that to get in the way of where he needs us to go. We will be betrayed. Those things happen. We will experience people's opinions about us. And he's dealing with their opinions about him and others. And he's saying, first of all, you can't segregate. You can't just stick together because this message has to get out. You've got to get out. And you can't be prejudiced. This message belongs to everybody You're like, well, this is just a little comfy one. Love one another as I loved you. This is just a little comfort for them. No, 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 no. This was the motivating factor, purpose of their mission. To love one another. Amen. And so he's challenging them. And he was afraid that their assumptions would keep them from befriending others. There are people who have different lifestyles. There are people who have different beliefs. There are people with different political viewpoints than you. There are people who are of different backgrounds and eth- ethnicities but God is saying this one commandment if we really make it a priority if we really focus on it if we really make it a part of our life purpose you will begin to love people in a way you've never loved them before oh don't get too excited about that (laughs) please please don't overwhelm me with your excitement this morning please I like what Larry Crabb says in his book the safest place on earth he said this A central task of community is to create a place that is safe enough for walls to be torn down and safe enough for each of us to reveal our own brokenness. That's a great quote. And our leadership team, we've really been uh, talking, praying, discussing. Our staff, our elders, our leadership team got together. And we really th- think it's significant to re-engage in our community. Not to just do activities for the sake of activities, to be, but to be impacting in our community. And we want to bring those red tents back out. We don't care how dangerous the community is right now. We need to get out there. We need to connect. We need to pray. We need to hope for miracles. We need signs and wonders. We need people to come to Christ. We need people to know that we are, we are a part of the community. We're not just a church. We really actually care for you. We care about your family. We care about your kids. We care about where your family goes, your kids go to school. We care about these things. We're not just a church on the corner handing out food. We actually love people. We love people. We love the little children. We love teenagers. We love young adults. We love middle-aged people. We love older people. We love the sick. We love the dying. Jesus did because he rose one up and said, come out of the tomb Lazarus and walk and live. And we're in a day where people need to experience a fresh fire of Jesus Christ people need to experience that this love is not just something a preacher preaches on Sunday, but it's something the people embrace, take hold of, walk out of the building with, and say, I'm going to live this one commandment. Amen. 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 We are a church with a heart. Jesus doesn't look At Joy Community Church, and he doesn't think of the Wizard of Oz, if only I had a heart. He looks at Joy and he says, These are people with heart. I can touch them. I can motivate them. I can pull them together. I can send them out together, and they'll make a difference. I can count on that. He's done it for decades. He'll continue to do it. He wants to do it afresh. And so we need to reconnect and reengage and not hold back. And we need to be bold. We need to be courageous. We need not to be afraid of the name of Jesus and what the name of Jesus can possibly do in this community. We need to declare that we've been changed. We've been forgiven. That we've been transformed by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit lives, dwells, and is in us. And that this is something not just for us, but for all people. We want to reconnect together every time we mention community groups there's this I, I, I can sense in the spirit that the whole atmosphere of the room goes commitment time my favorite show on TV <laughs> favorite show on TV what day did you say it was Oh, can't do that. Aunt Bertha's coming into town. Just can't do that. Every time I mention a community group, no, no, no. When we mention community groups, that means we do get a chance to worship together, to study the word together, to fellowship together, to minister one-on-one, to have a meal together to do something together and touch our community together. Community groups aren't just an activity that we have at Joy because we need something else to do. We don't need a lot of other things to do, but they're the essence of pulling us together. They're the essence of taking what we're hearing on a Sunday morning, and then we get to actually mull it over. Or let's say we're in a specific time in our lives, and we're studying a book together, dealing with an issue we're dealing with, or something we really need. Or maybe there's a book of the Bible that you're in love with, and you can lead that. We're saying, come on, folks. We need to get together and fellowship and pray and study the Word and and grow together as a community of anywhere from four to ten people. Some groups have more than ten people. I just want to encourage you that that's something we need to do this year. We need, not just for the sake well, we have 20 groups here at Joy. That's not what it's about. But when you're saying you have 20 groups, you're saying, okay, if there's five people in each group, Multiply that. How many do we have in groups? We have half the congregation in a group. That's actually wonderful because then people are growing and being discipled and they're getting to try out their spiritual gifts. That's what community groups are for. I'm challenging you to step up and step in and ask the Lord, do you want me to go to a a community group? Should I lead a community group? Should I co-lead a community group? If I am, what group am I going to lead? What's God putting on my heart to do? I'm just saying, it's time for new things to happen here at Joy. And an expression of this new commandment, love one another as I have loved you, You must love one another by this, what? They will know you are my disciples. When we get together in community, and we're in community, and we're moving as a community, or we're doing life as a community, and we're sharing together, we become the greatest vehicle of testimony of this loving one another. That's why it was a new commandment. It actually was a commandment spoken in Leviticus, actually. But why is it a new commandment for Jesus? Why is he making it a new commandment? Because he's saying, I'm about to die. I'm going to raise from the dead. I'll be seated at the right hand of my father. And I'm saying, I'm commissioning you now as my disciples. You're going to love as my disciples. I'm changing this. I'm changing the focus. Well, we want to move on from that, from E and N to the G. And what's the G stand for? So we have encouraging new generations. God also said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from what? Generation to generation. And God's communicating at the burning bush with Moses. And he's communicating to Moses, I'm the God of the past, I'm the God of the present, and I will be the God of the future. And he wanted Moses to tell the Israelites that he could be their present help in their time of need. They were in uh, Egypt. They needed to be delivered. He's on the back 40. God's sending him over to uh, Egypt to minister to the people. And God wants us to know that he's the same God who led, blessed, and made covenants with our forefathers. Abraham, he was known as a righteous man. Isaac was known as the son who was to be sacrificed. Jacob was known as one who had a changed life from an evil person. He was an evil person and God transformed his very life. And God's making a statement to Moses when he's stating, I am who I am. Tell them I am who I am has sent you. And he's saying, I will do what." I, I will do and I will be who I am. And he's just saying to him, I want each generation to know that I'm the God of the past, the present, and the future. I think of this little girl. She called out, Mommy, uh, do you know the vase that's in the china cabinet? The one that's been kind of passed down from generation to generation? And the mom said, Yes, dear, I know the one you're talking about. Uh, she, well, she said, Well, Mommy... I'm sorry, but this generation just dropped it. (laughs) Now, some earthly possessions have sentimental value, and to break them is actually at great cost and a great loss. But how much more tragic it would be for the next generation to drop it spiritually. Can I tell you this? I feel the Lord has given me insight on this. The enemy has tried to destroy the, 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 the next generation. In a way, he's never tried to destroy other generations. And people say, well, where's, where's all the next generation in your church? If you listen to parents today, about who, parents who raise their children godly, parents who really invested in their kids spiritually, provided every opportunity, especially for children, to have. And the enemy went after that. He confused it. He offered them other opportunities. And they independently said, I don't need my faith. And parents today spend more time praying that their children will come back to their faith because they once had a faith. And the enemy has lied to them and ripped them off this generation and said, your faith is not important. What's important is your pleasure. What's important is your convenience. And there's a mentality in this generation of convenience. If it doesn't meet my schedule, if it doesn't meet my need, if it doesn't meet where I'm at and where I'm going, I'm not interested. We have some work to do. And the enemy thinks he's won the battle. Can I tell you, he's not won the battle. That This generation has so much of God in them. Oh, we may not be seeing them activate that yet. But there is an investment that's been made. And do not think that the Lord Jesus Christ will be mocked for what he did on the cross for all those kids. I'm telling you. A little bit of passion, because I'm experiencing it myself. I've invested in my sons. I poured, my wife, and I poured into our sons. And they are Jesus Christ's sons. And he will have his way in their lives. Do you hear what I'm saying? He will. The new generation... They want to experience the real thing. They don't want religion, and they do not want church. They do want something that's real. And we need to make sure that what they identify with is real. The real Jesus. Not a religious Jesus. A real Jesus who actually can go into their everyday and into the depth of their sin and pull them out of that miry clay and place them on the rock of Jesus Christ. Oh, he's been pulling some of them out of miry clay. Don't you kid yourself. Some of them are a little deeper than others. It's going to take a little bit more to get them out of that miry clay. But he is committed to that. I'm committed to that. I'm committed to that for the next generation. That's what I want. I want to invest in the next generation, and I want them to know that we serve a God of the past, of the present, and he's concerned about our future, and I want to make sure that what we're communicating, what we're teaching, what we're preaching, how we minister relates to the children, to the youth, and to young adults. And when we got together as a leadership team, the number one thing from six different discussion groups was we need to communicate in a way that's modern, relevant, and we need to use social media in a more aggressive way. That was the number one thing that came out of our discussion. Don't look to me how to do that, but I can lead that. You hear what I'm saying? I can barely use my Facebook sometimes, but I use it. I even have Snapchat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty thrilled. I haven't tried TikTok yet. No, no TikTok. uh, Chris got me started on Marco Polo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got me on that. I don't like how I look on Marco Polo. I turn that off, you know. But what is going to get through to the next generation? If we keep doing what we've been doing, how we've been doing we're going to get the same results. And what does God want us to do to reconnect and bring in children, youth, and young adults? And so we need to discuss that. We need to be aggressive with that. And we're not going to hold back for another year on that. We need to do some work on that. And I need your help to do that. I can't do that on my own. I won't do that on my own. I'll lead the charge. But we need a team of people who have a heart to see those generations really minister to. Well, we want to talk about about. So we've talked about encouraging new generations, and the A is for about. And when you go to the book of Acts... And you look at chapter 4, verse 20, it reads this. As for us, we cannot help speak about what we have seen and heard. That is such a significant verse to me because Peter and John have just been pulled in front of the leaders and are about to be put in jail because they just healed a lame man. And they... And they recognize that these are just ordinary men. These are men who have been with Jesus and that they are doing things that are called miracles. They do not deny that this was indeed a miracle. They admit it. We know this is a miracle. We just don't want these miracles to continue to happen. So what we have to do is shut down the name of Jesus. Oh, we better shut down their testimony. Oh, we better make sure they don't teach, preach, anything regarding this, what they call, gospel message? This cannot happen. And so they actually tell them this is not to happen. And they say, wait a second, do you, our conviction and our conscience says, are we to disobey God on this? God's asked us to do this, and we're going to do it whether you think we should or not. Because this is a God move. We're talking about moves. This was a God move. And so they, they stood up in boldness, they stood up in power, and they addressed the leaders of that time. And I think we're about to experience some of these miracles. I think we're about to experience something new about Jesus' miracles. I think we're about to sense and see and witness and participate in a move that Jesus is designing. And we're hearing about some of that at this current moment. I want to participate in that. I'm about the good news. I'm about the good news. I'm about sharing my testimony. I'm about praying for people on the spur of the moment. I'm about going and visiting people who need encouragement. Oh, you know this week I got to go to somebody's house and spend time with them, and they they can't talk anymore. They can't move anymore. And so they were sitting there, but so alive in their eyes. And then I thought, how can I bless them? Because I really wanted to bless them. So I pulled out my, my little phone and went to my drive. And I pulled up all my jokes from last Friday night. <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys laughing at? At least I had a stand-up routine. Come on, guys. Work with me here. I didn't bring the hats. I just brought my stand-up routine. And so, and, and I knew I, I was before an audience that couldn't comment anyway. So I was really, I was, I was like, so I turned it on and, the, and, they, and the, there was a nurse there and the, uh, their husband was there and they all started laughing. And I said, did you really enjoy that? And they just said this, we need laughter. We've been through a difficult time. You hear what I'm saying? Use what you can bring. I didn't say I was a professional stand-up comic. For goodness sake, Anne bought me the book. That's what I'm using. It's her fault. Those are her jokes. I'm just using them. But I'm saying this. It's an in-the-moment message. Where he takes you what he wants to do with you. He doesn't say, write your sermon and go into it and give them a three-point sermon. He's saying, no, go and be you. Be me in you. Amen? Touch their lives. Touch their hearts. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. Make them laugh. All the world needs a laugh. You guys need a laugh. Wake up this morning, will you? I won't do it anymore, hon. I can see that look. Oh my! Listen, folks. Where's, where's the ushers? Take her out, please. This is what vision talk should be like. <laughs> Lose the audience right away. <laughs> you know what, folks? My heart's desire is that when people come to joy, when you come every week, you're faithful. You're faithful people. You're joyful You're generous givers. You're in the moment servants. Oh, I love that sound, whatever that was. That's cool. Sounds like a new baby's being born or something. I like it. Hopefully it's not your baby. Okay, good. But one of the things that I want people to experience is the manifest presence of God. I want people when they come in to joy who, who've come from a battered week, a hectic week. Maybe they got some bad news. Maybe things just didn't happen the way they thought their week would unfold. But they come in and joy is a place where they know or they've heard where there's a living and active touch of God where there's something moving in the spirit that you can't control. You hear what I'm saying? The pastor's not all uptight like me. You know what I mean? He's not so uptight where he's nervous and he's... No, he just let, let, it, let it go. And people's lives are changed instantly. Where there's an impartation and an inspiration and a transformation because God is There. God is there. That can't happen, folks, unless we pray, unless we ask, and as we seek, and as we believe, and as we activate faith, and as we call on the name of a God who is present today and will be present tomorrow, but is concerned about everyday people's yeah. lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what he's, that's what he comes for. Yeah. He doesn't come when everything's cleaned up. He doesn't come when we're so squeaky righteous that we're not any of any use. Because people can't come near us because we just, we just got it all together. That's never been Joy's attitude. Never. They would never have brought me here if it was. Do you hear what I'm saying? I would never have come. The reason I came... To Joy Community Church, over eight and a half years ago, this was a real place where God met real people. Right? That's what's so amazing. We can't allow the enemy to rob us of that. God is about, God is about doing supernatural things in people's lives. We need to believe this year that God will bring from all the streets around your people who are unsaved. Yes. We have got to believe that God will touch your hearts to share your life-changing testimony with your neighbor or the sports friends that your kids do <laughs> sports with or with people in your work environment, or people in the grocery store, or people where you do banking, or other shopping places, or where you eat out. I have two waitresses and Applebee's. I know them by name. I know their families. I know what they do. And I'm still on them about coming to Jesus Christ. And I talk to them, like, I want you to know Jesus. Not I don't want you to know about my church. I want you to know about Jesus. My haircut. I sit down, and I get her to tell her whole life to me. And I love her because she went through a rough time where she lost her sister, took the, t- her sister's kids, and she's been raising her kids for the last year. You think she doesn't need Jesus? She needs Jesus. And I tell her, I'm praying for you all the time. She said, I know you are, Pastor. Pastor. I want, you to, I want you to experience Jesus. I want you to have Jesus in your heart. Oh, someday I will, pastor. I said, no, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. I could be so intimidated by her because she is one rough lady. And the Lord said, just love her. Just, James, just love her. Just listen to her heart. And I've listened to her heart for the last two, three years, and I make sure I go back all the time to get my hair cut by her because I want her to know I care about her. She's important. She's so far from God, but she's this close. You know what I mean? She's so far, but this close. I'm so excited. And you'll all know, let me tell you, when she gets saved, I'm going to drag her in here. She going to meet you up. to say, oh, "You think you have a big family? Look at my family." But God wants us to be about sharing the good news that Jesus is a moving God. Jesus is a miraculous God, and Jesus loves to save souls. Amen. Oh my heart is so Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we come today and we have met with you. We've been encouraged by you. We've been strengthened by you. Your presence has been here. We we were in the prayer room before. And we we were praying, God, for a tangible, manifest presence And you showed up. We never want to take that for granted, Father. You're here. And today is the day of salvation. It is the day of salvation. And you want to prepare the way for those who've not received you as their Lord and Savior. And if you're here today and you've heard this message, or you're online and you've heard this message... And you've not yet received Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've not yet given your heart over to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity right now. Jesus is the truth, the life, and the way. There's no way unto the Father but through the Son. The Word says that we all are sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came that we might have life. That we would have life to the fullest. It says that if we confess our sins, we have to recognize that we're a sinner, but we have to not only recognize we're sinners, but we have to confess our sins. We have to let go of our sins. If we confess our sins, he will be faithful and just and will forgive us for all our unrighteousness. He says there's no works that you can do that would impress me, because it's by grace you are saved, not by works And today, I just sense that God is extending grace to people all over this room and grace out on Facebook. And there are some who've never actually asked Jesus into their lives, into their hearts. They're so in control of their lives that they don't realize that today is the day of salvation. And if you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior today, I want you to put up your hand. Just put up your hand here if you're here and you need Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you. If you're out there, you, I didn't get to see your hand, but God knows your heart. But there are two people here who need Jesus, and we're going to pray for them. So I want you to follow me as I lead them in prayer. So those of you who need Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm asking you just to repeat this prayer that I pray. Dear Jesus, everyone pray with me, please. Dear Jesus, you are miraculous. You came to set me free. You came so that I could receive your salvation. Today I realize that I am a sinner. And today I want to ask you to forgive me for my sins. I'm choosing today to give my life to you. I need you desperately to come into my heart. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I desperately need you. you. And Lord Jesus, Jesus, I pray for grace grace. to strengthen me, to to fill me, me, me. and to lead my life. life. Thank you for my salvation. salvation. Amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for those people who've received Christ. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, if you need a moment with the Lord and you need some encouragement and strength, if you need somebody to listen to your heart and pray for you, our prayer team will be here. Our pastoral staff will be here. We'd love to meet you personally. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And remember this, engage. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.